0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible this morning? Very good. I'm going to open up this morning with Isaiah 50 verse something, because I didn't put it in my notes. Um, Isaiah 50 verse something. Um, (laughs) The sovereign Lord... huh? Is it four? Oh, good. Good job back there. Way to look out for me, Phoebe. Uh, Isaiah 50, verse four. The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. I love that. Wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we're just so honored to come and worship you. God, you are worthy of our time. You're worthy of our worship. We declare that you are good. We declare that you're worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We declare that you our, our hallelujah, our greatest praise is to you and unto you. Lord, right now, open up our hearts to listen for the word that you have for us. I just I believe that you're going to speak to every one of us. We open up our ears, we open up our hearts, and we trust you. We trust your intent. I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit, that there would just be an impartation of what's in your heart today. God, it's a privilege to share, but God, my heart is... I want to see what's in your heart imparted. Lord, it's in your name that I pray. Love you, Jesus. Amen. Last week, we had a message where we we saw how Andrew brought his brother Peter to Jesus, and we saw how Philip brought his friend Nathaniel to Jesus, and how the simple act of bringing a friend or bringing somebody in your family to Jesus and introducing them to Jesus can literally change the trajectory of the rest of their life. Because Jesus, uh, when he encounters people, it's so transformative that they have an opportunity to know what it is to be born again, an opportunity to, to serve him. And we talked last week about how our theme for this year, 2024, is gonna be outreach as a church family. There are gonna be things that we'll do together corporately. There'll be things that we'll do in our life groups. There are gonna be things that you do on your own to reach out to people around you, like bringing a friend, bringing a neighbor, Bringing someone to introduce them to Jesus, and that He's the one who does the saving. We don't do the saving; He does the saving. Uh, but when you introduce something to G- someone to Jesus, it can be life life changing. Today, I want to go to Luke chapter two with you, and I want to go into a story about a man named Simeon. Would you name, uh, say the word Simeon? Simeon. Simeon. Uh, and Luke chapter two, verse twenty five, says this: Now there was a man in Jerusalem called what? Simeon, who was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Y'all remember the message back in December that Messiah means king, right? That he'd seen the Lord's king. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, As Simeon is such an interesting character in the Bible, we actually only see him in this one place in the Bible. And it's actually in the Christmas story. It's about the birth of Jesus. And um, per the context of the story, we think that Simeon is, is probably an older man. And the word describes him in verse 25 as being devout, being devoted to Jesus. And he was waiting for this consolation or this, this comfort towards Israel, this encouragement. He just believed that God was going to take them from a place where uh, the Romans had, were uh, overbearing and had conquered them and they were in captivity, if you will. He just believed that God was going to come and comfort and encourage his people. And it says in that scripture also that the Holy Spirit was on him. Verse 26, it says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Isn't that interesting? Like he had this revelation that before I die, I am going to see this thing. God had given Simeon a word. Would you say a word? God had given Simeon a word. The Holy Spirit had revealed something to him. You will lay your eyes on this Messiah before you die. And sure enough, when Joseph and Mary travel uh, to Jerusalem to do what the law had required and do a sacrifice, the Holy Spirit leads Simeon at that moment. It says, Simeon. Go to the temple. He had this promise from the Lord. There's this unction of the Holy Spirit. When I say the word unction, I mean this kind of like prodding, this kind of like, I just feel like God is kind of uh, leading me to do something. I feel this, this tug to do something, this tug to go to the temple. And he goes to the temple, and he sees Jesus, and he swoops Jesus in his arms. I read that scripture, and I'm wondering, like, so was there any conversation at a time? Was Joseph like, whoa, buddy, you know, like, like what, what How did that all occur? I think it's a bold play to take Jesus into your arms And Simeon takes Jesus in his arms and he prophesies over Jesus, over baby Jesus, and he says something very simple after he declares who Jesus is, declares what Jesus is about, which is yet another sign to Joseph and Mary that You know, this is a very unique son. Yes, God is in this. The shepherds had come, the wise men had come. Simeon takes them. Like, they can't go anywhere, and God's not showing up saying there is something very special about this, right? But when Simeon is done, in this little blurb in Scripture, he says, You may now dismiss your servant in peace. It's like there was this deep, satisfaction in Simeon. God had spoken a word to Simeon. And Simeon had waited. And I assumed that he had trusted the Lord that before I die, I'm going to see this thing. And he saw it come to pass. Simeon's word, you know, he would not die until the, the, he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now, this, this deep satisfaction, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I think for some of us, we have words in our life that we're waiting for to, to see come to pass. Maybe there's a, there's a child or a grandchild that you're praying to, that will come to know Jesus and, and your prayer has been, God, I want to see that person have an expression of faith before I leave this earth. God, I want to see this relationship transform before I leave this earth. Um, Simeon had this promise And he held on to this promise until he had seen the promise. And it's so wild. It's almost like, God, yeah, I can check out now. I'm good. It's like, let me go by my grave site. Like, I'm good to go. I want to tell you today that God, he is not trying to keep you in the dark, but he is trying to keep you in faith. God is not trying to keep you in in the dark but he is trying to keep you in faith. God will speak a word that we then respond by believing and saying, God, I believe that word and I'm going to trust that word. And that's where our faith comes, because Simeon, up to this point, he had not seen baby Jesus. Up to this point, he had not seen a king be revealed. Up to this point, he hadn't seen the promise revealed, but he believed the thing that God had spoken to him. That's so simple and so elegant, to believe the thing that God has spoken to you. God gave Simeon a word, and I want to declare today to you that God has a word for you. He has a word to sustain you. He has a word to give you direction. He has a word to give you comfort. God has a word for you. I remember years ago, um, we, were, we were in our, the church van yesterday. We call it mallow, affectionately for marshmallow, because it looks like a big, giant marshmallow, this van. And we had taken this day trip. And I was thinking about this uh, trip we had taken to Atlanta years ago with the youth when Elizabeth and I were were leading the youth. And uh, we went to this conference called the Immersed Conference. And uh, it was powerful. I mean, I I tell you what, it it was transformative, powerful young people, just the worship, the Word, young people getting in there uh, and honoring Jesus. And just such a remarkable time. And I remember... Um, I was in an, one of the services with the young people, and I remember where I was standing in the room, and I was worshiping and honoring the Lord, and I had gone through this kind of season, I was in my 30s at best, right? I was in my 30s, and I, I was gone through this season where I'd been thinking about heaven, and I'd been thinking about how good heaven is going to be, and the satisfaction that heaven is going to bring. And it, it just brought just such a settledness. It was something personal I was going through and walking through. I don't think I was preaching on it at the time or anything like that. And I had kind of come to this place of just real contentment in the Lord as I was thinking about heaven. And I'm only in my 30s and I thought, "You know, Lord," and I was having this conversation as I was worshiping. I was like, "God, I said, "I just thank you for what I get to do. I love serving these young people. I love you know, pastoring this church, and I could just see my life ahead of me as like, uh, Lord, I just appreciate what you've given me to do. I'm just going to be faithful to it, and at some point, you're going to dismiss your servant, and it's going to be great. And I'm in this moment worshiping the Lord, and the Lord speaks to me as clear as day. I did not hear it audibly or anything like that. I heard the Lord say, Do you want what you want, or do you want what I want? And I thought, I thought we were having a moment. <laughs> and I said, and you know, when the Lord asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer or the right answer. He's wondering if you know the answer and the right answer. And so I'm having this conversation. And I'm, I thought we were having a moment, but the moment changed. And I said to the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I want what you want. And the Lord spoke to me that day, and he said, what I have for you to do, is much greater and broader than what you see. And I, it, was, it was a very short conversation because what was happening in my heart was I was just kind of dialing in and focusing in. I thought, you know, this is good this is good. I can just see myself riding out to the sunset, that kind of thing. And it was, it was really the Lord's very gracious kind of correction being like, you know, like, um, there are going to be things that I have for you to do that are beyond what you're seeing right now. And I need you to be ready for it. And it was a very transformable, transformable, uh, transformative. Thank you. Thank you for that word. Um, it was a transformative moment for me because over the next few years, I would, it would influence choices and decisions that I would make. And it gave me confidence as opportunities came, which opportunities were the Lord, which opportunities were not of the Lord. And it just kind of gave me a grid. And I had that grid because the Lord had given me a word. The Lord had spoken something to me. You know, God had given Simeon, a word, and you know when God speaks, um, He gives you. When God works, I should say, He speaks, and He speaks a word. When God is going to do something, He speaks it. Right? When God created the universe, He spoke. And there was creation, right? When God, when when God decided, you know what, I'm gonna take Abram and make a Abraham out of him and make a nation out of him, he spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to leave your family and go to a place you don't even know about yet. God spoke it before it came to be. You see where I'm going with this? God spoke to Joseph through dreams and through visions. He saw his family bowing down before him. He was really joyful about it, went to his family. I had this great dream. Y'all were bowing down to me. Isn't that amazing? And they were like, no. (laughs) And you know, they didn't understand his dream and they didn't like his dream. And he was just excited that he had a dream, right? And that dream ended up being the thing that sustained him in his life because God had given him a word. God had spoken something to him. And it would be years later that the parts and the pieces would come together. And he would go, ah, the purpose of the dream of them bowing down for me would be because of the position God was going to be putting me in to serve them and to save my family. Not to rule over them, not to put, uh, uh, oppress them. It wasn't a picture of oppression. It was a picture of freedom and deliverance for the family. But in that, in, at first, he didn't even get that. And that's one of the things, you know, when God speaks to us, sometimes uh, the way I describe it is God speaks to us and he gives us a sketch, right? And uh, that sketch is typically black and white and and it gives us a general direction and an understanding. We tend to run and get our colored pencils and fill everything in. This is how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen that way, we're like, God, what's up with you? He's like, there was my word and there was your coloring book. Two different things. Sometimes it's important to be clear about what God has spoken over our lives. But God gives us words. He spoke to authors uh, who gave us scripture over centuries. And he said, I want you to write these things down. And he led and he directed them even in how they would write it and how they would word it. I want to tell you today that God has a word for you. Now, some of the examples I'm giving right now are words of like life words, right? But I want to tell you that God has little words and big words for you. He has a word for you in this season. He has a word for you for 2024. There's something that God is speaking. And I know for some of us, we go, I I don't know how to hear him. I'm going to get to that. Because you should not be intimidated about hearing God. Because God is able to speak to you. He's been doing it for centuries. He knows how to speak to his people. But God has a word for you. That word is waiting for you in Scripture. It's waiting for you in Scripture, right? Which means we go into the Scripture, we break out that bread, and we just say, Lord, speak to me through your word today. Right? Inform me, lead me, and guide me. That's our first word is the word of the Lord. Amen? That is the first word. He has a word waiting for you in the prayer closet. That place where you go and you seek the Lord and you speak to Him. Maybe your prayer closet is a prayer walk. Wherever that place is that you go and it's just you and Him having a conversation. And I want to encourage you, when you're in those times, we don't just talk to Him. We also take moments where we just listen. We're just quiet. He has a word waiting for you in your worship as you seek Him. There's evidence of this in Scripture where it says, and then when I came into your presence, then I understood. Then my mind was opened. Then the revelation come, right? Why so downcast, oh my soul, put your hope in God. There's, a, there's something when we come before the Lord and we hear the Lord that he can just spark a revelation and spark an understanding. He can give you a word. I, I love it because I find that the Lord doesn't have to say a lot to me. He can use a word or a short sentence and say so much. I was looking for. Uh, I wasn't really looking for a word this year. And some churches, they'll encourage you. It's like get a word for this year, like a word that as a you know kind of a theme word. We have a theme word for our church outreach, but an individual word. I wasn't really looking for it, but I was praying about it uh, and talking to the Lord about it and thinking about it um, over the Christmas break. And uh, the Lord spoke to me and He said, "Enjoy." And I was like, "Sweet, <laughs> right?" Because like, sometimes the word is endure. You know, sometimes the, 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 you know, the, there are some words you're like, okay, Lord, we got this, you know, kind of thing. But when he said enjoy, I'm like, I can get behind that, right? Oh, like, not every word is enjoy. But you know, it's wild is when the Lord spoke that to me, I knew what he meant. What he meant for me was that in each thing that I do, be present and enjoy that moment. Enjoy that thing in the moment. Because I'm a planner and because I'm administrative, I'm typically in my head a few months down the road thinking and planning and getting things organized and communicating things and stuff like that. And sometimes that can rob me of the joy of the moment. And I felt like what the Lord was asking me to do was enjoy the moment you're in and then enjoy the next moment. Don't let the anxiety of planning ruin the moment. So for me, it was so much more than a word. Do you follow me? And so I knew what he was saying to me. And, you know, when the Lord has a word for you, you it, it begins to, oh, you're saying so much, right? And when the Lord spoke to me, do you want what you want or do you want what I want? I knew exactly what he was saying. It, it, and it had to do with the context of everything that I was just sharing with you. There was so much more toward, toward it. And I want to tell you, you are not exempt from a word. God has a word for you. I know that because he cares about you. I love what my dad used to say. He says, don't trust your ability to hear God. Trust God's ability to speak to you. Sometimes sometimes we can be intimidated about hearing God. Hearing God is that thought that is sticky in you. Like it doesn't just come and go, right? But it, it's sticky. And it's the thing that it's smarter than you. It's wiser than you. It's uh, kinder than you are, right? It's that thing that, it's that revelation from the Holy Spirit that you go, it just kind of sits there and you're like, I think that might be the Lord, right? And um, we of course judge all those things through scripture and those kind of things. That's what keeps us safe. What's neat about the story about Simeon is that right after that, there's a story about a woman named Anna. In verse 36 it says, there was also... A prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiping night and day, fasting and praying Coming up to them at, the very, at that very moment, she gave thanks and spoke about the child. This is still the context of Jesus at the temple. To all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. This story about Anna is really neat. Again, in context, Mary and Joseph are getting confirmation after confirmation or confirmation about Jesus' identity, right? I'm focused a little bit today on Simeon and Annie, Anna, the, these two um, Uh, people in the Bible. Anna is this prophet, and she is a female prophet before Pentecost happens, which is kind of really a cool thing. Scripture calls her a prophet, right? And uh, which I just, I think is really cool. The the woman is old. She is 84 years old. She probably married when she was about a teenager, right? Uh, And so it says that her husband only lived for seven years. So somewhere in her 20s, she was a widow, and from that moment on, she just dedicated herself to the Lord for the rest of her, her, her years and in prayer and fasting and worshiping day and night. She was what we would call today a church rat, right? If, if church was open, she was there. She just never left the temple is the way that it described it. She sees baby Jesus, and she is just on it. Right? She sees baby Jesus and she gives thanks and speaks about the child and, and for all those who are looking forward to the redemption of, of, of Jerusalem. She is obviously just this very prophetic person and she was ready to speak what God had showed her. Right, The Lord wants us to be up to speed with what he's doing. Anna is a picture of what God is calling the church to be today. Because actually, in Scripture, the New Testament church, we are actually called to be a prophetic people. We are are called to be a people that are in tune with what the Lord is doing. Now, when I say that, what I'm not encouraging you to do is go YouTube prophetic people and listen to all their prophecies. I don't have time to break all that down, but you really want to receive prophetic uh, words and, and listen to prophetic words of people that you know kind of thing, because there's just a lot out there in a lot of streams, and it can get really confusing really quick, okay? But the prophetic is something that's in Scripture and for us. We are a prophetic people, and it simply means, and when we say prophetic, it, sounds, it can, can sound a little hocus pocus and a little kind of ethereal and like, oh, what do you, what do you sense like a divining rod? What do you sense the Lord saying, brother? Let's not be spooky about it. The prophetic is hearing God and speaking after him. It is, what is God saying now? What is he leading us in now? What's the thing that he's put on our hearts? I was praying today uh, before we... We came into service with our prayer team, and the Lord gave me a picture, and it was a word that I felt like I was supposed to share with you. And uh, I prayed during worship today. I said, God, do you want me to share it in the middle of worship? You know, we do that at times, share a prophetic word or a picture or something the Lord gives us. I felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to hold on to it until the message. And when I was praying in there, what I saw was I saw uh, the Lord as a chess player. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and he says, I am the greatest strategist. And the, what the Lord spoke to me and showed me is that there's some of us today that we are discouraged because we feel like the enemy's strategy against us is too great for us. We feel like this, the enemy's strategy keeps buffeting us and we, keep, we go this way and we go that way and we feel like the enemy just like knows how to trap us, knows how to you know, entangle us, knows how to impress us, and it feels like his strategy is greater than ours. And the word of the Lord to you today is that God is the greatest strategy. He is the greatest strategy, and his strategy can win in your life. What we need is his hand fully on our, on our lives. What we need is say, God, I am your pawn, if you will. I am your rook. I am whatever, you know, whatever, whoever you want to be. Don't be the king or the queen on the, on the board, though, if you're a chess player. Um, God, put your hand on. I think we should choose pawn, personally. I am yours. Put your hand on me, and may your strategy... Come to be, and the, I asked the Lord. When when the Lord gives me a word, I'll, I'll ask Him. I'll say, Lord, will you give me a scripture to go along with that word? And here's the scripture the Lord gave me, and that was Isaiah fifty five, eight. It says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, <clears throat> neither are your ways my ways." Declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts. Higher than your thoughts. Come on, our God has a strategy. I've, you know, we know that he wins, that he has won. And so what we need to do is not look at the enemy's tactics against us, but what we have to do is look to the Lord whose strategy is greater. He is the strategy provider. He is the strategy leader, right? Sometimes we want the answer and we just want to like, be better and like, overcome on our own. Don't overcome on your own. Let him be your overcomer. Let him be the leader. What's beautiful about it is in that, you draw closer to him. In that, you know him better. And I love that he calls us to be a prophetic people because it makes us want to know, God, what is the thing that you are speaking? What is the thing that you are saying? And all of that is relational. It just draws us closer to him. I keep saying God wants us to be a prophetic people. I want to show you in Scripture um, how... How much that is like a scriptural thing for us as a New Testament church. First Corinthians fourteen thirty nine says this. There, this is Paul writing the church in Corinth. He says, "Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager. Be what? Be eager. be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way." In the context of First Corinthians, um, what? Paul is trying to do is he's trying to get this very spirit-filled church to continue being spirit-filled without being so rowdy and disorganized and disrespectful towards one another. Because they were prophesying over each other, they were comparing gifts, I'm a better prophet than you are, and just being, you know, carnal with their spiritual gifts, which was not the point. They probably needed more fasting, right? (laughs) But God... Paul is, is so adamant about it. He's like, I want you to be prophetic. The reason he wants us to be a prophetic people is because he's saying, because you're hearing what God is saying in the now and God is saying in this season in your life. And, and I want you to know that like, God has a season, has a word for you in this season. And I, and I want to encourage you today to seek him for it. You do not have to beg God for a word. You don't have to, like, all you need to do is get into his word, per, uh, worship, and seek him. Now, the thing is, is a word for you is not supposed to be a selfish thing. Catch this. We don't, like, figure out, can I get a word? And then, like, God, I'll check back with you when I need you. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that's kind of how we do it, right? Like, God, I need something from you. Be back when I need something. That's not really how it's supposed to work, Right? There's supposed to be something in us that goes, God, you are the, your word sustains me. You sustain me. And I want to be led and be guided by you and by your word. I'm interested in what you're saying. One of the prerequisites to being interested in what he's saying is you have to trust him. Do you trust what he would say over you? Some of us are fearful we're fearful that God's going to ask us to do something that we don't want to do. You're probably right. But you need to get over it. But you also need to trust that that thing that you don't want, for some reason, he thinks it's good for you. And that we trust his wisdom and his ways above our ways. Because his thoughts are above our thoughts, right? Right? But there's this trust and what I find is God is way kinder to me than I would be to myself. Do you hear that today? Yeah. You know, when we say getting a word, one of the things you've got to do is you have to discern the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of the Lord. The voice of the enemy will come to condemn, to bring legalism, to bring such an oppression to you and not life-giving. Um, I remember um, I, I didn't fast for a long time. Because when I was in Bible college, um, I would fast and pray. And um, I, was, I was serious. Because I was such a serious, like, non-Christian before I became a believer. When I became a believer, like, I was all in. I was a pretty annoying person, to be honest with you. At Bible college, I annoyed people. They were like, we're here in Bible college. and am like, dude, you're a little intense. And I'm like, I'm just happy to be here, y'all. <laughs> I was in Portland, Oregon. So they were like, y'all, what's wrong with you? Um, but... I was fasting and praying, and what would happen was I would finish a fast, and um, I would be, I would pray, and, and I would like, I'd be on my way to breakfast, and I was quite excited because I hadn't eaten in days. I'd be on my way to breakfast, and the whole, and I would hear what I thought was the Holy Spirit saying, fast one more day, and I was like, oh, you can imagine, right? I'm like, oh, like go back to the prayer closet, like. (laughs) happy to be here. (laughs) You know, just like, and I would, and this kept happening over and over again. And what I didn't realize is it wasn't the Lord. It was, it was the enemy trying to bring legalism into my life. And I was afraid of being unwilling to the Lord, so I would do it. But when I would obey, it wasn't life-giving. Did y'all hear that? When I would obey, it wasn't life-giving. The irony is the enemy was being cunning with me. He's like, I'm going to have you do a good thing, but get you into legalism over it. And think that the Lord is the Lord who's going to be like, right at the end of your fast, when you're looking forward to food, the Lord's going to come to you and go, no, enough, have some more. And it's just like not the nature of the Lord. It's not that the Lord couldn't ask me, but like on the way to breakfast, it's a little cruel. Right? It's like, I'm just looking forward to the oatmeal with some blueberries in it. I just want some food. But, you know, it took faith to believe that that was not the Lord. And I had to experience some of the fruit of that before I I could really go, oh, this is not life-giving for me. I don't think this is what the Lord is doing. I don't know if I had the wisdom in that moment or in that season to talk to someone and talk it out kind of thing. But, you know, one of the things we have to do is we have to discern what the Lord is speaking. And I want to tell you, you are not alone. You can talk to a Christian friend, someone, a leader or someone around you and just say, hey, here's what I'm processing, here's what I'm hearing, and, you know, just talk it through. Go into Scripture and ask God to speak to you, amen? And because the enemy does not want you to hear the voice of the Lord, and he doesn't want you to follow after the voice of the Lord. But I want to tell you with confidence today, God has a word for you. He has a word. You don't have to wonder if he has a word. He has something he wants to speak to you. And what's our starting place? Scripture, the word, right? That is always our starting place. Would you stand with me? I want to, I want to pray with you and... Um, I want to I tell you today, if you're here today, and I'll get either um, Abigail or Jacob to come up. Abigail, are you on your way, or Jacob? Either one. Abigail or Jacob, make eye, figure out. I'm not sure who's coming. <laughs> I just need a signal. I'm good. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for enduring. Um, I do want to say, because I I want to close in prayer this morning. Thank you guys for both being willing. Um, If you're here today and you haven't made a commitment to Jesus, or maybe you're not walking out your commitment to Jesus, please hear me today. Jesus loves you. He really cares about your life. You really matter to him. And he sees our brokenness he, and he cares about it. It matters to him. You matter to him. He sees you. I want to tell you that God is good and pure and perfect and he loves you and that none of us are good enough to follow God. If you feel the guilt or you feel the shame or you, feel, you, you all of us are in the same boat. We are not good enough. But he is good enough. And in his goodness... He went to the cross for you. In his goodness, he took your shame, he took your sin, he took your powerlessness, and he went to the cross. And he took it upon himself. All our sin, all our shame, our powerlessness, everything that we've done wrong. And today, I just want to encourage you. If if you're not following him or you've fallen away from him, repent. Just turn from your sin. Turn from being your own master and just Cry out to him because he already does love you and already wants to receive you. And if today you're in that place where you need to invite him, you want to invite him into your life, um, he's going to bring the Holy Spirit into your life. And you'll be born again. And you'll have the privilege of following him. And if if that's you today, before you leave today, I want you to come and talk with me because I want to pray with you because it's such an important decision in our lives. He cares about you. If you're online or listening to a podcast today and you want to make a decision to, for Jesus, uh, we want to connect with you as well. And uh, if that's you today, just go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps. You fill out that little form and we're going to reach out to you in the next day or two. Um, I want to pray for you here as we're closing in this service. Um, pray for you about a word. God has something that he wants to speak to you. And he might speak to you right while we're here, just in this moment. He might speak to you when you're on your way to work. But I want to tell you, if you seek him, and you just listen, he has something to speak to you. He has something to speak for your family. And he cares about right where you are. Um, This is how I want to close. I want to take a moment. We're just going to kind of, Turn it into a prayer room for a moment. And just want you with one person around you to just pray for them. God, speak to them. May they hear the word that you have for them. And then you pray that same thing for that other person. Will you take a moment right now? Just pray for one person next to you. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you today that You have a word to sustain. I thank you, Lord, that you have a word to encourage. God, I thank you, Lord, that today, God, you have a word of direction. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've got a word of comfort, Lord God. Oh, God, we love you today and we worship you today. Father, for anyone who lacks confidence, God, their ability to hear you, Father, I just pray that you would undermine that today, and Lord God, that you would come and bring, God, your word, Lord, in your comfort. God, there's none of us that are beyond being able to hear what you have for us. But I pray that individually, Lord, when we're alone with you, God, when we're on our own, Lord, not just in a corporate environment, there'd be a confidence, God, that you hear us, and God, that we can hear you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the word that you have for us. And I pray for each person, God, may they hear and receive the word in season that you have for them. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.